said hallelujah. hallelujah. I saw a few more folks come in from Fort Myers and that made me awful happy. Good to see old brother Diego back there. Amen. We just want to have good church tonight, right? Amen. Let's give God another big hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, along with welcoming, of course, brother and sister Wilbanks and their two, three children here and one on the way, and uh, and while Sister Wilbanks comes and prepares to sing, uh, I want to also mention that we have a brother Mackenzie among us tonight who is uh, going to try to help us uh, with our new PA system in the new building. So let's give him a big hand. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. So from time to time, the good Lord does put people in your in your path you know and they uh they help you so i'm believing that tonight all right all right sister will banks we're so glad to have you here and we 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 told uh brother will banks that he, he if he would be so kind to come back and bring his wife with him and he did that and uh so we are very grateful very grateful indeed for this fine couple and family all the way from Alabama. Amen. And we're glad they got on the, the kayak and made their way down here through the swollen rivers to the uh, through the canals to the uh, wonderful city of Belglade. We often tell folks you can't go to heaven except you come through Belglade. So, so we want everybody to make heaven. I can tell you that. Give God another big hand.
sing it. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I'll worship you because of who you are. I will worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh, you are my
Why don't we just worship the Lord one more time? All over the house, Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, let's praise him. Let's love him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. running in this Christian race. I counted up the cost to see if I could stand the pace. I turned my back on the world with heaven in my view. Made up my mind one day that I'm going through. I'm going through. I'm going through. I don't care what our hands to the Lord all over the house. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. 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 Look at your neighbor and just say, "Woo!" Tell him it's good to be in God's house tonight. Now you got to say it like you mean it. It's good to be in God's house tonight. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glad to be here in Belglade, Florida, where the presence of the Lord kisses the earth. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. Good to be here with Senior Pastor Fell to give him and Sister Fell honor tonight. And uh, this is your man of God, and you ought to be thankful for him. Also give 
Also give honor to Pastor Urshan and his wife uh, tonight and thankful for the work of God that they're doing in Fort Myers and that the connection that they have here. And I would also like to say that I am glad to have my wife here with me. Uh, I enjoyed the trip last time. I enjoy it a lot better if my wife gets to come. And my two little boys, Noah, who is, uh, is going through a bashful stage tonight, is somewhere down here. And the other one is going to be running around. If something pulls on your pant leg or pilfers through your purse, it's probably one of my kids tonight. So, But we're glad that they're here. The book of Joshua, chapter 1. Then we will also read from the very next book, the book of Judges, the sixth chapter, Joshua 1, and Judges 6. Hallelujah. Thankful for the presence of God that's here. I'm glad to be here with you, but I wouldn't want to be here if the presence of God wasn't here. Joshua chapter 1. Verse number one, if you there, say amen. Joshua 1 and verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them even to the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. Man, that makes you feel good when God says things like that, doesn't it? I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Everybody say good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous. Everybody say very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now verse 8, this is not what I'm preaching, but I could preach here. Verse 8 is the only passage of Scripture in the Bible that promises good success to you. And I want you to pay attention to how good success comes. How many want to have good success in your life? Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's not what we're preaching, but we could preach that. 
If you'll just stay with what the Word of God says, success is promised unto you. Verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Everybody say, of good courage. Anybody think they can find a theme in Joshua chapter 1? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And then we'll let you be seated for a little bit. Judges chapter 6, verse number 11. Judges 6 and verse 11. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah. That's not Oprah. That's Ophrah. Sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, Thou mighty man of valor. And that's where we're going to stop. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I would like to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost from this thought and from this title for the next few moments. A new type of man. A new type of man. I want the Holy Ghost to touch us tonight. I want the Word of God to find good soil. I want it to find it in your heart and in mine. Why don't we just lift our hands? Why don't we lay our Bible down? Let's just lift our hands. God, we love you. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing. God, you're so wonderful. God, you're so good. God, you're so great. There is none that can compare to you. And God, we praise you and we magnify you. We lift your name tonight. God, we ask you right now, God, to break up the fallow ground of our heart. God, that your word would find good soil. Let it land and strike where it needs to land tonight. In Jesus' name, God, change us. God, change me. God, make me better. God, make me more useful for your kingdom. And let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time before we're seated. Hallelujah. And Lord bless you, you can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. A new type of man. But I say a new type of man. The book of Joshua chapter 1 records the children of Israel. In my mind's eye, I can see them standing there. Perhaps Joshua is looking at the very Jordan River that he is to cross. And the children of Israel have been in this place before. They have stood as a nation at, at this very location perhaps. This is a new generation, but it's the same nation. This is the generation that saw the death of all the elders of Israel. It saw the death of Moses. It's the death of Aaron. And here they are faced with the same situation that the previous generation was faced with. The same decision as their predecessors rest on their shoulders today. They stand there on the banks of the Jordan. And perhaps they're hearing some old words echoing in their ears. These are words that God had said unto their previous leader, Moses. These were promised land words. These were the words of God that contained all that Israel had hoped for. Promised land. Promised blessing. Promised identity. And yet 
that previous generation refused to go forward but stayed on the banks of the Jordan when they should have gained the promised land. Let me stop for just a moment and tell you that there is nothing so deadly for a child of God or for a church as sitting still. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. There is nothing that is so deadly for a child of God or for a church body as sitting still. Hallelujah. If God has promised something unto you, don't stop short of what God has promised you. Hallelujah. One elder man of God has said this, that there are three basic types of sin. Sins of commission, that's sins that we commit. Sins of omission, Scripture says this, to he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, he omits to do good. To him it is sin. So there's sins of commission, there's sins of omission, and I'm pretty sure he made this part up. He said there's sins of commission, sins of omission, and sins of no mission. That means if God has given you a mission, if God has given you a job, don't stop short of what God has promised you. Don't stop short of the promise that God has given unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love what we're a part of. You can be seated. I love what we're a part of. How many love being apostolic? I love what we do. I love our singing. I love our worship. I'm going to tell you what I almost started to do. I didn't know. I, I, maybe I was trying to preserve my dignity a little bit. You know, I'm a really dignified person. But a while ago when they were singing, I started to take off running across the front of this church and just bounce off one of the walls and crawl up in one of the pews with you. Hey, I love what we are. I love our praise. I love our worship. In fact, I might do it right now. I think some of you ought to join me. I know it's midweek, but we're apostolic in the middle of the week. I know it's Wednesday night, but the Holy Ghost is still real. Hallelujah. I think we need to just praise him for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. If you feel the Holy Ghost on you, why don't you pray in other tongues for a moment? Let the Holy Ghost give you utterance for a moment. Hallelujah. That's it. I want to tell you, I love everything that we're a part of. I love our singing. I love our services. I love every bit of it. I like like the pulpit. I just like to go to the church. I'm a church rat. You can be seated. Just don't stay seated if we, you know what I'm saying? I'm a church rat. Maybe that's not proper language for being behind a pulpit. But you've heard of gym rats? People that live in the gym all the time? You can tell I'm not a gym rat. I'm a church rat. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's where I thank God. He's privileged me. I get to work at the church. I love everything that we're a part of. I love everything that we're a part of. I love our heritage. I'm thankful that my heritage doesn't go back just to Azusa Street. My heritage goes all the way back to Acts chapter 2. 
I'm glad I'm an apostolic. I'm not a 20th century apostolic. I'm a Bible apostolic. So I sit down or stand up. You can stand up all night if you want to. I'll be standing up when you're sitting down. But if you want to sit down, you can. I love everything that we're a part of. I like the way the women put their hair up on top of their head or the way they leave it combed down behind it. You know, they got it in a little, wadded up in a little... Whatever they call it up there. And they got it. Now, I like the way the men get dressed for church. I love everything about what we are. I love our holiness. I love it that we're separated unto God and separated from the things of this world. I love everything that we're a part of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it that the vast majority of our young people get married with their virginity still intact. I love it that, over, that the vast majority of our marriages make it. And the ones that don't make it, they might not have been a part of us anyway. So I'm not afraid to say all of our marriages. If you're an apostolic, your marriage is going to make it. The percentages jump way up just because of who we are and because of what we've got. You can sit down. We don't have to worry about our young people running the streets. We don't have to worry about our young people running around in the mall and doing goofy things. We don't have to worry about our husband running off and gambling with the check away and this and that. We've got the gift of the Holy Ghost. God's changed us. God's made us new. God's made us better than what we were. Hallelujah. So I love what we are. You can sit down. Thanks for preaching with me. I love what we are. I love our praying. We got Monday night ladies prayer. I love it. Those ladies will start praying at 7 o'clock. And I'm watching my boys and thinking, I'm, I'm glad my wife's in the Holy Ghost, but she needs to get out here and get in this truck and take care of these boys too. But those ladies will start praying at 7 o'clock. And I've, I've been there when they didn't stop praying at 1230. And some of them just said, you know what, I got to go to work in the morning. So I'm going to go home and get some sleep tonight. But I love the way that we pray. I love the way that we fa- I love everything that we are. But as much as I love everything that we are, as much as I love everything that we've done, church in Belglade, Florida, I love it. I love the fact that you guys have street services and that you're praying them through from every walk of life, from the highest to the lowest. We'll pray you through. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray you through in Jesus' name. I love everything that we are. I love everything that we've done. But I am here tonight to tell you we have not begun to scratch the surface of what God wants to do in this city, what God wants to do in this state, what God wants to do in your life. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I feel good in the Holy Ghost tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait till the Holy Ghost. I can tell. You guys get a little bit wild. You guys get a little bit crazy. So you'll be comfortable with me tonight. I might be a little weird. I, I, I embrace that. I'm a little weird. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm weird for Jesus. What kind of weird are you? Maybe I'm normal and everything else is weird. But I can't wait. I can't, I, look, you just have to trust me. I love you, okay? But I'm preaching to you tonight. I felt the Holy Ghost this afternoon, so I'm preaching to you tonight. I, I love you. 
Everybody say, he loves me. Does everybody feel love tonight? Is anybody doesn't feel like? Okay, listen. The Holy Ghost is going to begin to prod some people in this church. He's going to begin. Yeah, it's going to be like that. My, my, my little brother used to do that to me. Oh, he used to drive, the day, drive, drive me crazy. Oh, bug the daylights out of him. Stick his thumb right there in your rib. Because he knew if you turn around and said, bah. And popped him on the head. Dad was going to get on to him for doing that. Get on to me for doing that. But God's going to begin to prod some people in this church. Hallelujah. He is. Well, you can look at me like that if you want to. He's going to. God's going to begin to prod some people in this church to get up. I'm not even talking about out of your pew, but to get up out of where you're at and to get up out of where you're living. I've been living good. I know you've been living good. I'm not picking on you. Just preach with me a little bit tonight, okay? God's going to begin to prod you. Why don't you get up out of where you're at? I, I want to make a new type of man out of you. I want to make a new type of lady out of you. Well, I've been living for God. Look at me. I've got, got my holiness and I, I'm living. I'm lined up with what pastor says. I'm paying my tithe. I'm shouting when we come to church. But the Holy Ghost isn't satisfied with who we are and what we've done because it's got a whole universe that you and I haven't even seen yet. And it's going to begin to prod you. And it's going to begin to... It's going to begin to romance you and begin to pull you up and pull you out of where you're at. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can sit down. We just had a young man in our church. Nothing special about him. Standard apostolic person. Lives for God. We had a lady in our church named Sister Allred. And she got a bad report. With a fell from a pathologist at the hospital. I said, Miss Allred, we don't know what we're seeing. We're pretty sure that it's cancer. It's a spot on your liver. It's surrounded. It's a cluster of, of tumors. And the, the one in the center, we're, we're 95% sure that it's cancer. And they did some blood work. Sure enough, it's cancer. Oh, happy day. And so they said, we're going to bring you in on such and such day. And we're going to perform these tests. And then we're going we're gonna to open you up. And we're going to have surgery. And, and hopefully, hopefully we can help you. And just this, just a good apostolic young man. He went to, he went to the, the hospital that day, and the family was all in there. And we kind of have a, we have a protocol. If the family's there and it's a surgery situation, we get in and we pray for him, and then we get out and let the family get back in there. And so this young man went in and laid hands on her, said, Sister Hallward, we're going to pray for you in Jesus' name. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a complex prayer. He didn't fast the day before. He wasn't bouncing his head off the side of the deal. He wasn't foaming at the mouth. He wasn't doing anything crazy. He just laid his hand on her head and said, in Jesus' name, God, this is your child, and we don't have to put up with cancer. And then he walked out. I got a phone call about three hours later. I got a phone call about three hours later. Brother Jeremy, you're not going to believe what happened after brother so-and-so prayed. You're not going to believe what happened. The doctor came in. She already had the IV in her hand right there, right there in the little crook of that, those veins right there. She already had the IV in her hand. And they had already started the drip, and they were going to come in and put the, the anesthesia, whatever they were going to do to put her to sleep, in that IV. But they said they came in and said, okay, we're going to run one more test before we, run, before we do this surgery. And so they ran one more test. And the doctor came in like this. Uh, Miss Allred, we're going to run one more test. And so they ran one more test. And the doctor came in like this. Maybe. I'm to look. I, I wasn't there. I'm just. 
And he said, okay, we're going to run one final test. They ran one final test. The doctor came in and said, Miss Allred, I don't know what we saw a couple of days ago, but whatever it was, it's not there now. Get up out of that bed. Yeah, let's clap our hands. Let's give God some praise for that. But the point of me telling that story was not so you could feel good about somebody that had cancer and then was delivered. The point of me telling that story to you is God wants to use you to heal somebody of cancer. You could be seated. We had a young man. They were having street service. We was having street service. And he was standing on the street corner preaching. And he was preaching red-faced, sweaty, on the street corner. And somebody pulled up next to him and cracked the window down just a little bit. And he could see the man kind of lean his ear over. And he was preaching, there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. And if you're going to be saved, you got to be baptized in his name. You got to repent of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the way we still preach it. And that's what he's preaching. And this man kind of leaned his ear over to the side to where that window was cracked. And he said, hey, sir, roll your window down. And the man rolled his window down and said, I want you to know I'm preaching to you. And the man started crying. He said, I know. I know. What's the point in telling that? God wants to use you to reach somebody that you don't even know. We haven't begun to scratch the surface of what God wants to do. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. You can be seated. I don't say this for arrogance. I don't say this for pomposity's sake. You have to understand. I grew up in a country church out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, We didn't do things for pomposity's sake. But I believe that we need to be the biggest church in this city. Amen. Not for pomposity's sake, but for the kingdom of God's sake. It doesn't need to be somebody that doesn't have the truth of the word of God that's the biggest church in this city. The biggest church in this city ought to be a tongue-talking church. The biggest church in this city ought to be a Jesus-name baptizing church. The biggest church in this city ought to be a holy church. You can be seated. I believe that the spirits of our city need to be subject unto us. Somebody say amen right there. I believe that the spirits of the city ought to be subject to every person. There's not one person in this church that the spirits of the city are not subject to. I don't know about that. Well, you don't have to know about that. I'm telling you about that. I love you. Brother Wilbanks, I'm just little sister so-and-so. I've been coming to this church for a long time. I, I know that. I, I love you. I'm just telling you. You've got the same Holy Ghost that they had in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the spirit of crack cocaine. It needs to be subject unto you. I'm talking about the spirits of heroin and meth and marijuana and Bud Light. Yeah. 
Yeah, every one of them. I'm talking about the spirits of gambling. I'm talking about the spirits of depression. I'm talking about the spirits of economic depression. Brother, what makes you really think the Holy Ghost helps with all that? I know the Holy Ghost helps with all that stuff. This is not my notes, but let me tell you. Let me give you an example here. Sit down for just a second. The church that I come from in Flint, Michigan, they started building a church. The city, the whole city, the whole city was in an economic downturn. It happens in those towns more frequently than it does anywhere else that I've, I've ever heard of. The city was in an economic downturn. Brother Wilson was there. He started building a new auditorium complex. They built it. They just thought they were building it to have church. You just think you're building this over here just to have church. So you got more room. You're not. Let me say that again. You're not just building that so you can have a nice big church. But, but he finished the church. And one of the bankers from the city, Brother Phil, came to him. Senior Pastor Phil, excuse me. Came to him and said, Reverend Wilson, we're going to build such and such business complex right over here on this end of town. And another man came to him. We're going to build such and such business complex right over here on this end of town. And the main reason we're going to build these business complexes in this part of town is because we saw you build that church. I am telling you beyond the shadow of a doubt. You don't have to believe this if you don't want to. All the spirits of hell that try to pull this city down. You don't have to. You can stand and fight against me if you want to. I'm preaching to the devil that tries to. I'm preaching to every spirit that would try to keep this city down. God wants a revival to flood through every fiber of this city. And it's going to start with you. It's going to start in you. It's going to start in you. And if you believe that, why don't you just lift your hands and let's just love the Lord for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you how goofy I think. You, feel, you can sit down. I'm going to tell you how goofy. You might think this is goofy. I'm going to tell you just how I think. I'm going to tell you how I feel about the Holy Ghost. I believe that the Holy Ghost can bless this group of people so much that they literally become. I, I'm talking about they literally become the economic engine for this whole area. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not out to tell people that this is going to happen. And that, I, just trust me. But when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of somebody, when the Holy Ghost begins to get in a hold of people's lives and begins to work through them, everything that they touch comes to life. Death comes to life. Hallelujah. That's why I believe that the nesting ground for revival is the notion of people becoming great. I want to tell you something. You're not in this church just so that you don't go to hell. And you're not in this church just so you can make it to heaven. You know what God's wanting to do? God's not necessarily, just hear me, I'm qualifying this. God's not necessarily wanting to get you from here to heaven. God's wanting to get a little bit of heaven from up there, down here. And you know how he does that? He does that through you and me. Yeah. 
He does. The same power that created the universe is resident in you if you've got the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why scripture says things like you should speak things that are not as though they are. Hallelujah. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time before we see. The nesting ground for revival. You can sit down for just a second. The nesting ground for revival is the notion of people becoming great under the power of the Holy Ghost. We are not a church that's in a defensive posture. We are not cowed. We are not timid. We are not weak. We are not feeble. We don't need to be propped up. And we're certainly not backing up. We're not going to bow. We're not going to bend. We're not going to step backwards. We're not going to turn our head and shield our face. No, no, no. We've got power from on high. We're not backing up. We're moving forward. We're not turning our head. We're setting our face like a flint. This is why scripture says I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me. That's not what we want that to say. It's not. We want that to say, Christ can do all things through me. But that's not what it says. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. That means this Holy Ghost that's on the inside of me, Whatever I need it. I, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about getting goofy. You just, you just have to preach with me here. Whatever I need, God gave it to me to have dominion in whatever situation I'm in. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Everybody say that with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And if you believe it, let's love the Lord before we're seated. One more time. Come Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. So Israel's been here before. You could be seated for just another moment. So Israel's been here before. And they wavered. But they're not going to waver this time. Last time Moses sent in spies. And they went in. Scripture says two from each tribe. And two of them came back. Joshua and Caleb. With a good report of the land. See the promised land. They're supposed to flow with milk and with honey. I've always wondered about that. Was it like a river of honey? Oh man, that'd be great. You'd want a river of honey right there. And it, but you want a river of milk close to you also, you know, because if you eat a little bit of honey, you have to have a little bit of milk after that. Maybe that's just my imagination. But it'd just be kind of fun. It talked about the produce of the land. It talked about the grandeur and the splendor of the promised land. This was land that God had promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and not to Moses. And they wavered. Two of them came back with a good report. Joshua and Caleb came back. And maybe they came back 
Scripture says they brought back some of the bounty of the land. Maybe a big old cluster of grapes. Maybe, senior pastor, maybe one of them was as big as a softball. And you eat one of those grapes like an apple. I love grapes. Seedless grapes. Nothing more aggravating than eating grapes with seeds in them. Unless you're driving down the road by yourself and you can spit them out the window. Big old grape. Green, purple, red, whatever you like. Just preach with me here for a second. And you bite into that grape. And the juice runs down your elbow. And the juice runs down your chin. Oh, I love it. And they come back from the promised land. And they got, they got these big old cluster of grapes. And it takes two men to carry. Oh, my word. Joshua and Caleb. You're not going to believe this. It's everything God promised. It's everything God promised. Not one inch has it fallen short of what God promised. And we've got the proof of it. But the scripture says that there were ten that gave not just a negative report. Scripture says an evil report. They said, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's everything that God said it was going to be. Yeah, we got the proof of that. But you know what else was there? There were giants in the land. There. Fee, fi, fo, fi. I smell the blood of you Israelites come. Or whatever they say. Yeah. Big giants. And they weren't kidding. Scripture says that the children of the, of the Anakims were there. The sons of Anak. There was a man at one point that lived in that country. His name was Og. O-G. Og. That was his name. There's not a better name for a, a giant. Me, Og. <laughs> you know, they said they found, this was a long time ago, I can't substantiate this, I'm just telling you what I heard, that they found a femur bone, which is this bone right here, in the upper part of your legs, the largest bone in your body. They found a femur bone that they're pretty sure was some type of human. You know, they find something that they think is human all the time. But I'm just telling you what I heard, okay? They said that if this femur bone was human, and if it was proportionate to what a human body would be in connection to that femur bone, that the person that was the owner of that femur bone would be somewhere between 13 and 19 feet tall. How tall is this ceiling in here? We're like, what, maybe 12 feet? Yeah, this is a 12-foot ceiling. That means if I hauled off and punched him as hard as I could, I might break his kneecap if I'm lucky. And they weren't kidding. These were, kind of, these were the kind of guys that were there. And they said, and the land eats people up. And they weren't kidding about that either. Scripture says there was a battle in the days of Saul. Once they get in there, there was a battle in the days of Saul. And the wood, the forest, took more people that day than the battle took. It was the land that ate people up. They weren't kidding. Oh, my word. Oh, and the ten gave this evil report. And the children of Israel, oh, oh, oh. That's my tantrum. I learned that from my son. Oh. Why would God do this to us? Why would God bring us this far and then let us see giants? And the land, look at this. 
scripture says they turned back and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God said, the only two of you that's going in is Joshua and Caleb. The rest of you are going to die. You're going to die in the wilderness. I don't want to die in the wilderness. But scripture says they turned back and they wandered in the wilderness. You talk about, the I, I can't remember, I've heard the figure of how many funerals it would have had to have been every single day. They were dying. They were dropping like flies. There was almost two million of them that came out of the land of Egypt. And if that whole generation had to die in the wilderness, you think about how many, think about how many funerals we have every day in Belgrade. I guarantee you we have at least once a day. But a whole nation, can you imagine the mourning that went up? The cry, the, 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 perhaps the depression. Oh, God, as people begin to die. But this generation that's standing on the banks of the Jordan now, today, they didn't see what the other generation saw when they sent in the spies that came back with an evil report. The only thing they've grown up hearing is the report of Joshua and Caleb. They haven't been hearing about giants in the land. They've been hearing about, oh, we're well able to take the land. They haven't been hearing about the land's going to eat people up. They've been hearing Caleb say, I'm just as strong now as I was back then. And I'll have my mountain before I die. You can sit down. And scripture says they went in and took the land. The first city that they took was Jericho. Man, what a testimony from that point. The walls came down. God said, I'll be with you. I shall be with you. I'll never forsake you. And if Jericho's not a testimony of that, I don't know what is. And they take the promised land. And they're living there. I want to tell you something. And this is what I came to preach. And I'm out of gas. But that's okay. The Holy Ghost is going to give me a little more gas right here. There was a new type of man. That was introduced and you only see him after they took the promised land. You don't see him prior. Not one. Not one of this type of man prior to them taking the promised land. Everybody ready for this? This is what that man was. Scripture calls him a mighty man of valor. And you don't find him prior to the promised land. Hold on. You know what that tells me? That when we begin to step into what God wants us to step into, and when we begin to take the territory that God wants us to begin to take, and when we begin to face the giants that God said we can defeat, when we get through those trials, when we get through those difficulties, when we get on the other side of that, there's going to be a new type of man. There's going to be a new type of woman sitting on this pew. first one I'm still preaching you can sit down the first one his name was Gideon his name was Gideon and the first time we see this mighty man of valor Gideon's the very first one you find at least that I found and he's in the book of Judges and the first time we see him he's hiding in a wine press now I used to live in California 
And the wine presses that I saw were big kind of wash tub things that were cut in half and had a little drain out the side of them and people walk on them. I've seen them. I don't drink the wine. I've just seen the wine press. And the first time we see Gideon, he's hiding in the wine press and he's threshing wheat. Those are wheat threshing sounds in case you were wondering what those were. I could see him poke his head up out of the top of that wine press. Yeah. He's looking for Midianites. Uh. Yeah. And he threshes a little bit more. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can't thresh a lot of wheat in a wine press. You know how they normally thresh wheat? They put it in a big open area, and it takes a bunch of people, and they stomp on it, and they pound on it, and they roll a big stone on it, and they throw it up in the air so that the wind takes the the chaff away. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. That means he's probably not threshing a bushel. He might be threshing a couple handfuls so that he can go home tonight and make a loaf of sunbeam for him and his family to eat. A few few biscuits so that they can eat tonight. And tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to thresh a little bit more. I'm going to look around, make sure the enemy's not sneaking up on me. And maybe he's got it bound up in his apron, in the, in the front of his apron. And he's climbing, he's climbing out of this wine press. And just in my mind's eye, Scripture doesn't say this. Don't look for this in the book of Judges. You'll not find it. I'm just preaching here. And scripture says, well, in my mind's eye, he's climbing out of this wine press. And maybe he's got, maybe he's got one heel stuck on the edge of that wine press. I thought about doing it. I'm not going to do it. Just imagine I had my heel stuck right here, okay? Brother Hershey could probably do that. No, we'll not do it. And he's just about to climb out of that wine press. And he's got his apron held up with all this wheat that he's been threshing. And there's an angel, Scripture says, Right over there, underneath an oak tree. And he says, Gideon! Ah! Wheat goes everywhere. Gideon! Thou mighty man of valor. Oh, no, no, no. There's another Gideon that's in the tribe of Judah. I'm from Benjamin. There's a, you, you, you missed that. That's the wrong Gideon. You want to talk to the Gideon that lives in the tribe of Judah? Oh, no, 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 no. I got the right Gideon. Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon, God is going to deliver the Midianites into your hand. I don't want them. I don't want the Midianites. I want them to stay away. Don't mess with me. Preacher from Alabama. Don't come in here and start sticking your thumb in my ribs. I love you. Don't come in here and start prodding me. Let me stay in my wine press. I figured out how to make a good living. Threshing a little bit of weed every day. I'm preaching to you. I love you. I figured out. I figured out how I come to church on Sundays. Yeah, and on Monday I look around, make sure the enemy's not sneaking up. Yeah, Tuesday, oh, ooh. 
There was one right over there. And on Wednesday, oh, I, if I can just make it back to church, I can, I can thresh a little bit more. Yeah. And I can make it. I can make it through this week. And, uh, oh, Friday. Oh, Friday. Uh, oh, boy. There's some. I see one. There's right, he's right over there. Oh, thresh a little bit. I'm just trying to make it. Don't come in here and start messing with my stuff. Just go back to Alabama and leave me alone. But I'm not going to leave you alone. God says you're a mighty man of valor. Sit down for a second. And scripture says, I'm going to deliver the Midianites into your hand, Gideon. God's going to do it. Don't you want somebody? Look, I'm the most pitiful man from the most pitiful tribe. I can't even defend my own territory. I can't even defend my own turf. And God says, well, it's going to happen. Gideon says, oh, well, look, God, if this is really you. Anybody ever done this? God, if this is really you, and I'm sure that it's not really you, is telling me to do this. I'm going to lay this fleece out. He did it a couple times. One day he wanted the fleece to be wet from dew. The next day he wanted the fleece to be dry, but the ground to be wet. And he walks out the first day. And the ground's wet, and the fleece is dry. Oh, no. Surely not. That's a mistake. Somebody changed the fleece. That's what happened. But the next day, the fleece wet, and the ground dry. Oh, no. I want you to notice this. So he starts throwing an army together. He's still nervous, even when he's gathering the army together. Trim your numbers down. God, you don't understand warfare. The laws of warfare says whoever has the mostest does bestest. <laughs> and they've got more than we've got. And you're telling me to trim down. And God takes them to, God, God sends everybody home. Tells them to send everybody home that's afraid. And then he tells them send everybody home that doesn't know how to drink. And he ends up with about 300. Oh, God. Lord, you're going to have to talk to me. I don't know what we're going to do. Look at this. We're supposed to take this city. We don't have thousands of people. And hey, look at us. Some of us sit in this house tonight and we think, man, I'm, I'm pitiful. Look at me. I couldn't. <laughs> Let me go back to the wine press. Can we all just go home, please? Gideon, why are you doing this to us? You goofy Alabama, why are you doing this to us? Why are you preaching to us like that? Gideon, God, I'm going to have to hear from you one more time. God tells Gideon, I want you to go down. Take your, take your servant and I want you to sneak down into the camp. Funniest story to me. One of the funniest stories in Scripture. They sneak in. I could see them. They snuck up next to a tent. And there's Midianite snoring. And maybe they're dressed in Midianite garb. Got a little Midianite mustache and a nose, you know. And they sneak in. And they're real close to this tent. And they hear, <laughs> they hear somebody waking up from sleep. Man, what's going on? What's going on? I just had this dream. Just had a dream. What was your dream? Oh, it was real troubling. I dreamed, so funny to me, that there was a barley loaf. 
that came rolling into camp and smote the tents and knocked them all down flat. I don't know how this man got it. It had to have been God. I don't know how he jumps the gap from barley loaf to Gideon. But he said, that's none other than Gideon. (laughs) Maybe it was just funny to me when I read it. But he sneaks back. And you know the rest of the story. They surround the camp. They break open the pitchers. They blow the trumpets. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon was their shout. And scripture says that the enemy began to run. And there was a great slaughter that night for the people of God, for God's glory. Now. And we can shout about all that stuff. But the point is, there was a new type of man that had never been seen before. There was a mighty man of valor, and nobody's ever seen one of those before. Never. But now that we're in the promised land, and now that we're defeating giants, and now that we're defeating enemy cities, and now that we're taking territory, there's a new type of man that emerges. It's a mighty man of valor. Another way to say it, a mighty man, as Joshua 1 records, of courage. Yeah. Until by the time, let's all stand. I'm sorry, let's stand. I'm closing. We can, I could preach for a long time. Until by the time, We get to the end of David's life. And the children of Israel have lived in the promised land for generations. I want you to listen to this. 2 Samuel 23 and 8. And these be the names. I want you to notice this. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. David's laying on his deathbed. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite. That sat in the seat chief among the captains. The same was Adino, the Eznite, and he lift up his spear against eight hundred whom he slew at one time. Eight hundred. One man. One man lifted up his spear against eight hundred whom he slew at one time. I'm gonna tell you something. If he's been killing 780, if I'm 799, he ain't killing me. I'm getting away. There ain't nothing stopping this man. If he's going to kill all 800 of us, I'm getting away before he gets to me. (laughs) If I'm at the back of the line, he's not getting to the back of the line. The back of the line's going the other way. The scripture, oh no, we got to keep it. Don't don't go. There There you go. There you go. There you go. Scripture says he slew 800 at one time, but he's not done yet. Verse 9, and after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahoahite. Now, we're having a little girl, but if you're having a little boy, there's some wonderful boy names right here in 2 Samuel 23. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahoahite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle. And the men of Israel were gone away. And he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. Until his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him 
only to spoil. I love that. Especially being Southern. Because it seems like Southern guys were always outnumbered with people that wanted to pick on them. Now, probably not down here in Florida, but at least in Alabama. And I love that. There was a garrison, and David and these three guys. Come on. Wait, let me take my coat off. There's a whole garrison. Oh, I got my coat off now. Come on. I love that. I'm preaching to some of you. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm wanting somebody to get this right here, right now. Come on. I know there's, I know there's some big, nasty, ugly spirits out here in this city. Come on. Me and him and him and senior pastor. Come on. Everybody else is scared, but not us. That's what this man did. Come on. I love that. We got a man in our church that, before he got the Holy Ghost, they said he was a, the, one of the fightingest men. That's why they say it in the side. He was the fightingest man I ever did know. He said, I had a friend one time said, we went into the mall. And this was back in the 80s when they had punk rockers, you know, had uh, chains and things hanging from their ears. And, you know, and uh, I really, well, never mind. We'll not get into the description, but they didn't, yeah. And he said there was about 12 of them. He said, it was just me and him. And he said, Billy, come with me. Billy's the guy. Come with me. He said, he walked right in the middle of him. He said, stand at my back. And he said, oh, no. What are you about to do? And he said, he stood right there in the middle of all of them and said, all right, how many of you want to fight? Right now. I'm not that way. I'm just telling you. But I like that. I like that. There's a troop of you. Okay, come on. Because God's on our side, and me and God make a majority anyway. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. There was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Piece of ground where there was lentils, beans, peas. We don't give the devil beans. We don't give the devil one square inch. It's like one old preacher said. If you've heard this preached before, it's been preached all over. It's like one old preacher said, the reason the devil wants the bean patch is because it's next to the corn patch. And if he can get the bean patch, he can get the corn patch. And he wants the corn patch because the corn patch is next to the barn. And if he can get the corn patch, he can get the barn. And if he can get the barn, that's next to the ranch house. And the ranch house, that's what he's really wanting. So we got to fight him when he's in the bean field. He doesn't get beans from us. I don't know if I can fight him. God's on your side. And when you get through the other side, you're going to be a new type of man. You're going to be a new type of woman. You're going to have the power of the Holy Ghost like you never thought you could have before. You're going to have authority in the Holy Ghost like you never had before. I got more than I could preach today. I had a beautiful cousin, still goes to church. Her kids are getting the Holy Ghost, getting baptized in Jesus' name. 
not too long ago, her and her husband, had, we used to work together in a grocery store. I stocked aisle two. She ran the checkout line. Just little Pentecostal Christy had her hair fixed. Pentecostal wore her skirt every day to school. I went with her despite the ridicule. Worked in it despite the ridicule. And she's up there every day without fail. Senior pastor, you can hear her singing. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love. It's around me like a sea. I'll praise. She's checking people out. Beep, beep, beep. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus. Just singing the whole time. And there was a lady that walked into her checkout aisle. And one eye was glossed over, glassed over. She couldn't see out of it. So she turned to this little Pentecostal girl and she said, I'm preaching to you about a new type of man, a new type of woman, a new type of child of God. And she said, what are you singing? And she told her the song she was singing. She said, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to the Pentecostal church. Could you have your church pray for me? Well, yeah, but I could pray for you right now. And so she just prayed for her right there in the grocery line. I love that. Lady began to cry. She came to church on Sunday. Came to the altar. God filled that woman with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, God instantly restored sight to that woman's eye. I was there. It happened. Now, I know that I'm not preaching to a church that these kind of things are strange to. I believe in all that. And I love you. And I thank God that I get to come and worship with you. Oh, now this is my second occasion. I'm so thankful. And I believe in you. And I believe in your senior pastor. But I'm going to tell you something. We have not begun to see not even a fraction of what God is capable and what God wants to do through you and I. He's waiting on you and I to begin to move in and to begin to take some territory. I believe God's going to begin to speak to some people and say, I want you to go and do such and such. God, are you sure you may? Yeah, just go do it. Because when you get through with it, it's a new type of man. It's a new type of woman that understands the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of Why don't we just lift our hands all over this house? Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Shalanda Rabo Kota Kayata.
Hallelujah. God, I pray right now, God, for this great congregation of people whom I love. God, I pray that you begin to open doors of apostolic utterance unto them, of apostolic ministry. God, that you begin to stretch this people, that you begin to ply this people, that you begin to shape this people into something that will give you glory, into something that will cause the city of Belle Glade and South Florida and yea, even the whole state of Florida to explode with apostolic revival. God, I believe it. God, I believe it. God, I believe it. Hallelujah. If you feel the Holy Ghost talking to you right now, why don't you make your way to the front? Let's find a place to pray. If you feel the Holy Ghost tugging at you, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. That's it. When you get down here, just begin to lift up your hand. Lift your head up. Don't pray with your head down. God's wanting to talk to you today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Come on, that's it. When you get down here, just begin to pour yourself out. Just begin to worship God tonight. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Hallelujah. 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 As you feel led of the Holy Ghost, why don't you put your hand on somebody's shoulder that's close beside you. Make sure it's appropriate. Just begin to pray for them in the Holy Ghost. Let's begin to minister one to another tonight. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus, I love you.